Yo, 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 welcome to the Q&E Podcast, episode number one. My name is Quincy Hicks, here with my boy Eggert, man. Eggert, tell the people what's good. Hey, everybody, how y'all doing? First episode for Q&E. Can't wait to get into it with y'all, let y'all know what we think about all of these sports topics going on. Okay, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Yes, we are primarily a sports podcast, but we will dibble and dabble in entertainment and all other uh, realms of possibilities, other aspects of life as well. But just thank you for tuning in. But for today, we're talking about sports and specifically the NFL for this episode. So we're not going to bury the lead. We're going straight in with the Mahomes injury, man. Edgar, tell the people how you feel. I don't feel it's going to be detrimental to the Chiefs, but it will show uh, a true testimony to Mahomes' MVP case this season, whether or not he should be the front runner for it. He was already playing with the ankle injury, but now that he has this kneecap injury, we'll, we'll see how well he'll come back and affect the Chiefs' offense, or if they'll need any effect at all when he comes back. Uh, for these next few games that they're going to have to go without him. But I, I don't think it was a bad decision to go for a QB draw on uh, that fourth down situation. It's usually one of the safest plays you can do in football. Uh, I think Andy Reid got it right when he said it was just a freak accident. And it is football that comes with the game, you know. So I, I personally don't feel it was a bad situation to call that play, even though they were up by a large margin. Yeah, man, I feel the same way, man. It was a it was a good play call, man. Fourth and one, you can never go wrong, man. But now the the question is, can Matt Moore hold it down? The Chiefs are five and two right now. Yeah, five and two, and uh, they're going into a pretty tough uh, tough stretch through the season. So what what you think they're going to go through? They're gonna make it through without them. But Mahomes gonna be out three weeks, they say. For the next three weeks, it's not. Yes, and if you don't know, Mahomes dislocated his knee on Thursday night playing against the Denver Broncos. Uh, he had an MRI on yesterday, which was Friday evening, and he was listed to be out for four to three to four weeks, but that's just like the least. So he could be out through the bye week, which is four weeks away, and when he would come back from the bye week, he would play the Raiders on December 1st. So that would be a good comeback game for him. In my opinion, I think the Chiefs could. The Chiefs. This schedule is pretty rough because the Titans have a pretty nice defense. Vikings, nice defense. 
but uh, their offenses both have question marks, and the Packers is going to be a tough game as well. So it's going to be tough for them, but it's just a question if Matt Moore can hold it down. The real backup, Chad Henney, is out for the season, so Matt Moore will have to hold it down. He hasn't really played for a whole year, so we just got to see how he can do, how he can handle the pressure of holding a, you know what I'm saying, a, a championship, a Super Bowl contender on his back. So, As I was saying earlier, I, I really feel like this can, this can be a pivotal point in Mahomes' uh, MVP case. Because, yeah. like you said, Matt Moore, not that much experience. You know, they, he was scouting for the Dolphins before the Chiefs signed him. So, he was already trying to get a job somewhere in the league, just a backup or a starting quarterback somewhere uh, for a team looking for hope. So, right now, uh, this is going to be his time to shine and really show whether or not he can step up and fill Mahomes' shoes in the time being. Yeah, for real, uh, Matt Moore really don't got to do that much, man. I mean, you got a whole track team playing for the Chiefs, man. You got the best tight end in the league, man. It ain't that hard to, to get the ball in their hands and just get out the way. You got uh, LaShawn McCoy. That's what I'm saying, man. You ain't got to do too much. You got one of the best uh, offensive minds in the NFL, Andy Reid. I don't think it's going to be that tough for uh, Matt Moore to just get the ball out of his hands and do what he has to do to hold it down for uh, Mahomes till he gets back. Mahomes really hasn't gone through adversity since he's gone, since he's got through the league. It's been a pretty, pretty smooth ride for him. So how do you think he will uh, recover when he gets back? Uh, I think once he gets back, he'll get right into the flow of things. But when he gets back, it's, it's going to be a challenge for him after that Raiders game because he plays the Patriots away in December. And they do play at Foxborough, know it's pretty hard playing there for anybody it doesn't matter AFC or NFC so uh like Bill Belichick says after November that's when the real football starts because the weather changes you got snow you got sleet you got rain and you really see what teams are good in the winter time and the Patriots prove time and time again that they can not only win at home but they can win at home when it's snowing and it's don't don't expect anything less from that Yeah. So hopefully Mahomes after that Raiders game at home, they can um, hopefully pull out a, a way win next week. But yeah, I don't, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be easy for Mahomes. But uh, the real tough part is trying to get his mobility back after he comes back from the injury. Listening to ESPN yesterday, Mark San, uh, Mark Sanchez was speaking on uh, him having to wear a knee brace coming back from the dislocation of his knee. So it's gonna be hard for him to move. He can't really get out the pocket like he normally used to. So it's going to be hard for him, but it's Patrick Mahomes, best quarterback in the league, so he's going to do what he got to do. Now, today we're going to get into the big games of last week and talk about the Texans versus the Chiefs and get into is are the Texans Super Bowl contenders. So what do you think about that? That's a very good question. Another strong MVP candidate that people are talking about right now, Deshaun Watson. You know, when you think of Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes, not too much difference in between the two. They're, they're both very valuable to their team. And some might make the case that Watson is more valuable than Mahomes. Because if you take Watson off this Houston team right now, yes, they do have a, a couple of talented receivers along the side. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, the, the top receiver in the league. But right now, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you took both quarterbacks away, I'm, I'm pretty sure 
Houston would be the surprising better team out of those two. You know, so I, I feel the Texans on his shoulders can definitely get it done. And also their defense is doing well right now. So I, I feel the Texans can definitely be strong Super Bowl contenders with the way the NFC is looking right now. A bunch of contenders everywhere from each division. So it, it's really just going to come down to who can play the best when times get cold and later in the season. And um, we're approaching the halfway point right now. So the second half of the season is going to be very important. But with him making his MVP case, uh, with the numbers that he's putting up and the way he can scramble and cause the dual threat to these defenses out here, uh, it, it's, it's no doubt in my mind that they can definitely be a possible contender. Uh. That's a tough one for me. I I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders, not yet, especially with their offensive line issues. I think Watson is definitely the truth, and he got his two talented receivers in Hopkins and Will Fuller Jr., but I don't I don't know if they're, they're Super Bowl contenders yet. Not with the Patriots, man. And when you play against the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs again in the, the playoffs, it's going to be a whole different whole different game plan for Watson. Um so watching the Chiefs against the Broncos really opened my eyes to how good the Chiefs' defensive line could be come playoff time. So that's another worry for me with the uh, with the Texans as well. But I think Watson is definitely a top three candidate for MVP, along with Russell Wilson and Mahomes and my man Christian McCaffrey. So shout out to uh, Deshaun Watson, man. The next game on the list is the Packers versus the Lions, man. How you feel about that game? They division tough though, man. They division tough though, E. Yeah, man, the Lions been the same team for, it feels like, forever, man. It's just the offense, the offense, man. Everything is on Matt Stafford's shoulders. Uh, I don't know when he's ever going to get help on defense. I know they brought in a defensive coach in Matt Patricia, man, but it's still pretty shaky for him on defense. Like you said, their secondary is shaky. They got some good linebackers, good defensive tackles, man, but everything else is shaky, man. But um, Matt Stafford is definitely going to get the job done, but in that conference – it's going to be pretty rough because they're currently in last place at 2-2-1 and one, with the uh, Minnesota Vikings at 4-2, the Packers 5-1, and one, Bears just had a bye week, so they're 3-2, and two, so it's going to be a hard way to climb all the way to the top just to even get a playoff spot out of that division. It's going to be tough, so uh, I don't really believe in the Lions, but man, Green Bay's defense, man, uh, <laughs> they've really been impressing me, man, the additions of Zadarius Smith and uh, Preston Smith. Really have impressed me, man. They're getting pressure on the quarterback. They sacked 
it felt like every time I looked up at the game, man, they were sacking uh, Matt Stafford last night, man. Uh, carry on Johnson really, really couldn't get loose. So the defense is really tight. Got Z uh, Jair Alexander, got Kevin King in the back and the back end, man. So they're looking pretty tight, man. I've picked the uh, Packers to come out of the NFC earlier this year. So my prediction is looking pretty good with Aaron Rodgers at the helm, man. I don't know how I can uh, really go wrong with that uh, prediction. But currently they have no receivers right now with no Devontae Adams and no uh, Geronimo Allison for tomorrow's game against Oakland, man. So how you feel about that? Is Aaron Rodgers going to carry the load for him? Yeah, man, last time Aaron Rodgers had a defense, man, he was in the Super Bowl, man. That man, they had no defense and, like, felt when they went to the Super Bowl, 2010, 11. So that's been eight, nine years. Yeah, 2010. So it's been nine years since he's been to a Super Bowl, but he finally has a defense, man. So I'm pretty sure he's going to get that this year. He gets to the NFC Championship or to the playoffs, but no defense feels like every year. So he has the team on his back, man. So Aaron Rodgers is going to do his thing, man. One of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, talent-wise, not accomplishments, obviously, with Tom Brady still in the league. But the next game we have on the docket is the Seahawks versus the Browns for last week. The Browns, are the Browns finished, Edgar, man? Tell the people what they want to know, man. Are the Browns done? I don't want to say necessarily they're finished because this is the first season with all of this talent grouped together. There's too much talent on this team to just say they're finished. But maturity-wise, they got to grow up. A lot of these players, they, they just have to learn to come together and make sure they, they stay out of the headlines. Lot of headlines with things not concerning the field, and you got I love OBJ, but you know he's always in the headlines with different things, whether it be wearing watches on the field or getting to it with players uh, off of the field on the sidelines or whatnot. But right now, it's just, this is just a season experiment, I'd like to say, because on paper and their their defense is, is pretty stellar too, you know so. I wouldn't say the Browns are necessarily finished, but this season experiment is, is, is a fail for this season. I'll say that. Yeah, I definitely agree, man. And speaking of OBJ, 
I think he on the way out, man. I heard some rumors the other day saying the, um, Dorsey, the GM of the Browns, has been looking into trades for him. I know that he just got traded not too long ago. Even though the GM denied the rumors, man, how you feel about the uh, Odell trade again? Back on the move. Well, I don't think he necessarily wanted to be in Cleveland not at in all. the first place. <laughs> I think it was just understanding of the fact that he was traded and he was just trying to make the best out of that situation. You know, I, I know he I know he uh, got a Rolls, uh, orange Rolls Royce and I, I know he has a lot of orange stuff now that he owns. He has he has a brown and orange uh, Richard Mill watch that he wore in a game one time this year. You know, I understand he has all of that now, trying to make it look like he loves where he is. But I also feel like at the same time, he's just, uh, he, I don't think he's fully comfortable being there. And he's with his brother, Marcus Landry. You know, they grew up together, played uh, in the same division in high school, played for the same college team. So, he, he has reason to like to be there, but I feel like he would still rather be in a, a bigger, better market. And honestly, OBJ is not the problem in, <laughs> in Cleveland right now, man. It's everything else, man. The defense has pieces, but the offensive line is is not doing anything for Baker Mayfield. Mayfield is making terrible decisions, man. He still, I feel like he throws two picks every game. The running game has been working, but they, I feel like they don't stick with it enough. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, up-and-coming running back, so I don't know why they don't stick with it. The coach, another thing is the coaching, man. I think Freddie Kitchens isn't ready for prime time, isn't ready for all this pressure to be on his back. It feels like every interview, man, he's getting, he has a, a statement or a quote that gets uh, in the headlines, man, that, that isn't good, man, not good for the team culture, and it's not good for the, the Browns as a as an organization, so I don't know, man. I think Mayfield's pretty overrated at this point. OBJ is not the problem, but I can see how he could be a distraction for the organization, but I don't know, man. It's the Browns, man. The Browns are always going to be the tradition, always going to be the team to, <laughs> to take an L, man, no matter who is there, no matter how many expectations, how much expectations we put on their back. But let's not bury the yeah, lead. Like I said, on, on paper, it's, it's like this, this team has no excuse to not win games, you know, uh, unless it's, it's a coaching issue. But even then, you have situations where coping problems can be mad by the talent that you have on the roster. You know, so I don't I don't think it's anything to say I don't think it's anything wrong to say that next season, if this team still stays together, no trades or anything like that, I think next season it'll be a true testament to whether this team will work or not. This season I like I said before, I honestly just see as an experiment to sure. see can this work, can this much talent and this much young talent on a team can this work but I think we've seen it last year with the Rams that this this experiment can work and it got the Rams to the Super Bowl but I think the Rams had the the right coach for the job and Freddie Kitchens was a positional coach last year uh, being a running back coach then got upgraded to offensive coordinator and now is a head coach and that all happened in one year so making that big jump in a year's time frame is pretty rough man so I can under I don't think Freddie Kitchens is going to be there next year I don't think he's uh really cut out for this job. If they get a real um head coach, I can see it. But not this year. Not this year. Um in the conference they still have a chance, even though they are two and four. Baltimore being in first place is four and two right now. They they beat Baltimore in the first go round by like fifteen, I remember if I remember correctly. It was like fifteen points. 
So they still can win the division to get back in the playoff race, but I just don't see it, honestly. So, Edgar, tell us how you feel about the 49ers, man. Uh, I know we're going to disagree on this, but... Oh, I'm yeah. The 49ers. I, I definitely believe in the 49ers right now. I think Jimmy G is for real. Uh, why you think he for real, Edgar? Tell me why you think he for real. I... I I feel like that time that he was able to learn under Belichick and also Brady, um, just taking the time to understand that he he was in the same room with Kobe Brissett, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick for that amount of time that he was, uh, it, it really left a big imprint on him. And you can see it now with the way he's playing in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan, um, that offensive mind that he has right now. Uh, he... He has no reason to not get the praise that he's getting right now as far as I'm concerned because he's leading the team right now to be undefeated, one of the only two undefeated teams, and just uh, being able to come up in clutch moments right now in certain games that he's had. I, I get the competition hasn't been that stiff to where he can't win, but at the same time, you still have to acknowledge like a win is a win. So the fact that they're 6-0 and right now, hoping to go 7-0 and after this weekend, uh, it, it's a true, it's a true reason to believe that this team can definitely live up to the hype with that um, defense that they have right now. Richard Sherman over there in the secondary, you know, Nick Bosa, that DN right now, just taking over offensive linemen. Uh, it's no, it's no reason to believe that you you can't believe in the 49ers right now to to really make some noise and possibly get to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. Mm. I don't believe him. Like you said, man, we definitely going to disagree, man. Because looking at their schedule, they have the defensive pieces, man. But I do not believe in Jimmy G. I think he I think he gets a little too much credit for being with Bill Belichick. He's no longer with Belichick anymore. So we have to see the real Jimmy G. And we haven't seen it so far this season. We see that they have a defense and we see that they have a running game and their offensive line is solid. But when it comes to playoff time, it's going to be real important for Jimmy G to be uh, clutch and make throws into tight windows. And is Jimmy G that type of guy? We just do not know yet. Looking at their schedule, they play the Bucks, trash, Bengals, trash, Steelers, trash, uh, the Browns, shaky. Last week, they did have an impressive win over the Rams, but other than that, ugh, everything else has been pretty shaky, man. So I don't know if we can really call the uh, San Francisco a contender right now. I really have to see a couple more games from them. They, they play my Carolina Panthers in a couple weeks, man. Hopefully, maybe I'll be convinced then. But uh, for right now, man, I'm not convinced, man. I, don't, I just don't believe in Jimmy G. It's just Jimmy G, a porn star Jimmy, as my man Stephen A. say, man. I just, I just don't believe in him, man. Not right now. And right now, I want to get into the... Oh, yeah, time will definitely tell. But right now, I want to get into a huge topic, man, of debate of mine. I've had this debate with one of my boys, man, recently, man. And I want to give my man Dalvin Cook. He hasn't been getting enough praise. And I'm going to give my man Dalvin Cook his flowers right now. Amid all the controversy going on in Minnesota or whatever, the Vikings with Kirk Cousins and Thielen complaining and Diggs wanting to be traded, Dalvin Cook has not gotten enough credit for what he's doing, man. I think he's third in the league in rush yards right now, man. He's been putting on a show for him, man, holding that, that how, uh, holding down the Viking squad, man. So 
Shout out to Dalvin Cook, man. I just wanted to get the top five running backs in the league right now. Dalvin Cook is definitely number five on mine, man. Edgar, what you think about that, man? Uh, he has a strong case to be put up there, but right now, I just, I don't know. I, I have, you definitely have valid points on why he could be there. I just don't see enough, and maybe that that might be because of what you're talking about with the controversy with all the other players on that team right now where everybody's talking about um, questioning Kirk Cousins, the Chief Herrera let all, uh, Stephon and Adam Thielen, uh, you know, so so much controversy with all those players that you do have a point that he's not getting looked at enough. And that may be part of the reason why, for me, he's just not in my top five. Uh, in no specific order, you know, my, my top five right now would probably be uh, Gamera, Zeke, uh, who else right now? Um, McCaffrey, Saquon, Saquon. And yeah. McCaffrey, and uh, you know, possibly Nick Chubb right now. You know, he, oh, Nick he, Chubb, yeah, he, he got a valid, he valid, he valid. So uh, he's he's not. I don't think you're wrong putting him in the top five. For me, he would probably just sit right outside of the top five. And look, man, I'm a I'm a Florida Gator fan, man. And so this take a lot for me to, man, to give props to an FSU player, man. Shout out to FSU, man. But, man, shout out to Dalvin Cook. He been putting on a show, man, like I said, third in the uh, league in rushing yards, man. Holding down the Vikings. The Vikings are 4-2. and two. He plays against the Detroit Lions tomorrow, man. If you're listening today on Saturday, put in prop bets for anything for Dalvin Cook regarding rushing. If it's rushing touchdowns, I think he's at like one for a prop bet, and he has like 80 yards. The rush defense for Detroit is trash. He's going to run for about 150 yards tomorrow. Probably about two touchdowns. They're not going to need Kirk Cousins. He trash regardless. But Dalvin Cook tomorrow against Detroit is going to have a huge game. Like I said, shout out to Dalvin Cook. He's top five uh, behind Zeke, Saquon, McCaffrey, and Kamara. So right now we're going to get into the games of the week for this week, October 20th. And I wanted to start off with the Texans and the Colts game. And I wanted to see who is going to be the king of the AFC South. Both teams are 4-2 and two right now. And I just wanted to get your opinion on who you think is going to come out with the win for uh, tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, I think the Texans are going to come out with that win. Uh, simply because, uh, as we were talking about earlier, Deshaun Watson, that strong MVP candidate that he is right now, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, you know, I, I think that duo right there, that wide receiver quarterback duo is just amazing right now, you know. And uh, their, their running game, it isn't stellar, but it's pretty solid enough to, you know, get them at least three to four yards to carry almost. And I, I just think Jacoby Brissett is nice, and the Colts are doing very well right now. Uh, they're doing a lot better than people thought they would be doing since Andrew Luck retired. But I just feel like the Texans will play strong and get that away win. Um, who I got tomorrow, man? I got, I'm going with the Colts, man. I'm rocking out with the Colts, man. I believe in my man Jacoby, man, former Florida Gator, man. So I'm going I'm around with Jacoby. I think the Colts are not only playoff contenders. Eggett, I know you were snapping on me earlier, man, about them making it to the playoffs, man. They are Super Bowl contenders. The AR, AFC is weak. The AFC has the Chiefs, the Texans, the Patriots, and they have nobody there to be number four. I think the Colts are the fourth best team in the AFC right now. I think they have a chance, even though it is a slim chance. I think they are Super Bowl contenders coming out of the AFC. 
even with no luck. The defense is solid. They've been winning games without their best player on defense, Darius Leonard, who is their linebacker. Their front four is pretty stout, and their back end is it's shaky, but they're missing a corner or two. But their offense is their offense is solid, man. You got the running game with Marlon Mack. You got T.Y. hitting on the outside. You got Jack Doyle and Ebron at your tight end position. So Brissett really doesn't have to do much. He just has to get the ball out of his hands and get it to his playmakers. So I think the Colts are the fourth best team in the AFC right now, man. I got the, I'm taking the Colts tomorrow, man. Shout out to the Colts. Like I said, Deshaun is going to have a good season. He's on the MVP run, man, but he's going to get shut down tomorrow for that game. Another game coming on at 4 o'clock tomorrow is Oakland versus Green Bay. Uh, the Raiders coming off of bye week. We're going to see what they do. I want to know if they're going to take advantage of the Chiefs' injury of Patrick Mahomes. The Oakland Raiders are 3-2 and two right now, and the Chiefs are 5-2. and two. So I just want to know if the Chiefs go on a little slide, can the Raiders take heed in the AFC West? I just want to say, make a shout out, man. Shout out to Josh Jacobs, man. I got that man on my fantasy team running back for the Raiders, man. Shout out to Josh Jacobs, man. He's been putting up numbers all season, man. Rookie out of Alabama. So hopefully he keeps doing his thing as well. I think the Raiders could take heat. I don't know what they schedule, but they have all winnable games. Like Eggert said, man, against the Texans, against the Lions, against the Chargers, against the Bengals. Uh, the last two games against the Chargers and the Bengals are pretty shaky teams. Uh, like you said, John Gruden has been pretty impressive this year, especially with all the injuries and all the controversy with Antonio Brown. They really don't have any wide receivers right now. Tyrell Williams just went out with a, uh, a foot injury a couple weeks ago. I think their best receiver right now is uh, Hunter Renfro out of Clemson last year. Uh, I got Darren Waller on my fantasy team, too. Shout out to Darren Waller. He's the tight end for the uh, Raiders. So he's the best pass catcher on the, the Raiders right now. So shout out to Derek Carr for making it work, making all the pieces come together. They're three and two. I didn't expect this. So shout out to him. The defense has been playing pretty solid, even without Burfick, man. So shout out to the Raiders for real, man. That's my that's my sleeper sleeper team coming out of the, the AFC West for sure. Another game coming on tomorrow is Baltimore versus Seattle. This is probably my favorite game of the of the week to coming up tomorrow. 
Just being that it's two black QBs, man. This is a pro-black podcast, man. Shout out to both my black QBs. And Jackson, I just want to know your opinion, man. Is Jackson ready for primetime? Is he going to show up against Russell Wilson? Can he get the job done? I, I definitely believe Lamar Jackson is ready for primetime. You know, and shout out, speaking of primetime, shout out to primetime himself, Deion Sanders. Hey. Uh, it wasn't too long ago, I think it was two weeks ago, uh, he called Lamar Jackson and gave him the call. You know, if you ball, you get the call. And he definitely got the call a couple weeks ago. And I, I feel like based off the eye test of me watching him, and just looking at the stats from the numbers that he's putting up and the way he's staying focused and out of headlines, other than what he does on the field, you know, I, I feel like he's more than ready for prime time. And like you said before, just seeing two black quarterbacks being this great, both in their respective conferences and divisions, I, I feel like this is going to be a good head-to-head matchup. And I, I feel like he'll, he'll do great. The way he runs the ball with the speed that he has and the great decision-making that he's been doing lately when he does pass, I feel like there's, there's no reason that he, he isn't ready to show the world what he has when it comes to the primetime playing slot. I feel it. I feel it, man. But uh, Lamar Jackson has had a pretty shaky season. The He's been up the first two games, then went down and now back on an up streak again. So we have to see if he's going to stay on that up streak. He's going to play against a tough Tough, tough, tough Seattle defense led by Bobby Wagner with some nice pieces on the front line. So what do you think? Who got the win tomorrow, Edgar? Tell me what you know. Uh, I love Russell Wilson, and I, I I feel like, like you said, that that defense that Seattle has right now, it's not leading the boom, but it's, it's definitely a worthy contender for one of the top defenses in the league right now. But I feel like it's going to be an upset tomorrow, and I feel like the, the Ravens are going to make a huge upset and get that away victory. I got the Seahawks, man. I'm riding with the Seahawks, man. I don't think – I think Lamar ready for prime time, but it's going to be a tough game tomorrow. I think the game is at Seattle as well, so the 12th man is going to be rocking tomorrow. Shout out to Russell Wilson. He's going to get the job done. And uh, Chris Carson is going to have a huge game against that um, Baltimore defense. But do you think Marcus Peters will make a difference? Marcus Peters was just traded for Kenny Young. Marcus Peters coming from Los Angeles was a was a two-time pro bowler coming into this season. He has had a really up and down year. Do you think Marcus Peters will be a difference maker for Baltimore in any way? Uh, I don't think they'll get worse, but I don't necessarily see well they'll just get tremendously better. And I say that because last year, based off of the way we've seen Marcus Peters play in the playoffs, you know, Drew Brees, he, he definitely picked his number a lot of times with the way he was passing in his direction. You know, in a couple of other games, even prior to that, um, it was just real, real interesting to see that he's, he's really just not living up to the hype that um, has been his name so far, you know. So I, I don't think they'll necessarily get worse, but I don't see them getting better either. I think they'll stay where they are, um, especially when it comes to their secondary on defense. Yeah, man, I think it was a pretty lateral trade for both teams. Like I said, the trade was between the Rams and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, the Rams got Kenny Young, which is a young linebacker out of TCU. He's a pretty 
solid prospect coming out of college. He hasn't really done much since being in the NFL. Maybe Sean McVay can make something happen along with Wade Phillips as well. Um, and another game that is on the docket. Last game, Sunday night football, Dallas versus Philly. What do you got? What you got? What you got? They said it's a pivotal game to decide who takes heat in the NFC East. I really don't think it's that big of a game for either team. It's a lot It's a lot more to the season other than this game. But a lot of people have been speaking on this game being real pivotal. So how do you feel about it? I feel like this game is very pivotal right now because both teams are at 500. Both are 3-3. and Both are 2-1 and at home and 1-2 and away. Uh, Dallas leads the division right now with um, division wins at 2-0. You know, but um, I, I really feel like this, this game can be – it's not going to decide who makes the playoffs or not necessarily, but this game is definitely going to show what kind of team each team is based off of who wins and who loses. And I, I personally feel like it's going to – definitely come down to the wire for this division between those two teams on who's going to um, have the best chances, I should say, to make the playoffs once we get around late November, around Thanksgiving time. So right now, I, I just personally feel like this is a very important game for both teams. It's going to be a statement maker. Uh, right now, the controversy around Dallas is Dak, Dak has been asking for all this money, and right now it's not really – even though he's one of the top leading quarterbacks with QBR still right now, I, I don't see, based off of me watching, I don't see it um, with some of the decisions that he's been making with some of these passes. And I just personally feel like it's just going to it's gonna be a necessary um, game for them to win. And also Philly with the way um, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has been balling, but defensively I just don't. I don't see it for Philly to make a strong case to, um, you know, just run away with the victory in this game. Yeah, man. And going back to your point about uh, Prescott getting paid, man. Like I said, this is a pro-back podcast, man. We want all our black folks, man, to get paid out there. I want Prescott to get all the money he can, but he should have signed the contract at the beginning of the year, man, because I feel like he going to get lowballed at the end of the season or get franchise tagged, which is even worse, man. Uh, I think they were offering him around $32 million before coming into the season, but he was asking for around $38. Uh, right now, he's looking pretty shaky. I think he's worth it, to be honest, because he's a real solid. He needs a lot, you know what I'm saying, because he has the pieces with Amari Cooper, with Ezekiel Elliott, even Randall Cobb. He has the pieces around him, but the offensive line has really, has really hurt him the past couple of weeks, being that they don't have Lyle Collins, who is their right tackle, and... Tyron Smith, who was their left tackle. So it's been a real tough stretch for him. And usually he does bad around this stretch when his offensive line is not perfect for him. Uh, the defense for the Cowboys has been been all right. They haven't been as uh, stout as most people thought coming into the year, especially with all the contracts that were signed coming into the season. With Jalen Smith getting like $60 million, and then Lawrence got $20 million this year uh, as well. So they've been shaky on both sides of the ball. They still have a chance to make the playoffs, but... Being in the NFC, they have to win their division to get to the playoffs because I think you have to win at least 10 games in the NFC to get to the – at least that's just a wild card. Just to get to the wild card, you have to get at least 10 wins in my opinion. And Philly, on the other hand, I, I mess with Wentz. I always like Wentz. Um, his receivers have really been letting him down this season. They really should be like 5-1. and one. 
But Nelson Aguilar dropping touchdowns, Whiteside uh, dropping touchdowns for game winners have really hurt him. I think Philly has played better than their record, but their defense has so many holes, uh, especially on the back end, man. Uh, Sidney Jones, uh, Rasul Douglas just isn't getting it done. Um, they have to trade for a corner, man. They have to trade for a corner. If Pat Pete is available, that would be a perfect fit, but they need somebody in the back end to help them out, man. Malcolm Jenkins, who is the safety man, is just being left out on island way too many times. So I don't I don't know. If Pat Peter's available, they definitely have to make that move, man. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the next topic, and it's one of my favorite topics, man, because I, I, I just want to know, is Buffalo for real? Solid though. I'm not going. I'm not trying to say the Bills aren't solid, man. But playoffs is. Mm, I don't know. The defense is stout though. The defense is probably top two, top three in the league behind the Bears in New England. Probably up there with them. But I, is Josh Allen the one? Is he going to take you there? And I don't think they have the pieces offensively to to at least get them to the playoffs. Definitely not a run, but get them to the playoffs. I don't know. John Brown is a nice piece on a wide receiver. Devin Singletary, Frank Gore in the backfield. It's pretty. It's it's all right, but I don't think it's a, a playoff team. The schedule, they, they they have a pretty decent schedule coming up for the rest of the season, to where they they can easily make the playoffs if they continue playing like they are. They have the Dolphins. That's a win. Uh, the Eagles would be tough. The Redskins. That should be a win easily. The Browns, that should be a win easily. The Dolphins again. The Broncos, that's a win. And then the Cowboys and Ravens, back to back, those will be tough games. And then the Steelers, that should be a win. Patriots, that should be a tough game. And the Jets at the end of the season. So majority of those games, they can still definitely win if they continue playing like they are. To where they could possibly be one of those 
11 to 12 win teams this season. They could, they could, they could. But you got to think about the division they're in. Like you said, they're playing in the AFC East. AFC East has the Jets. The Jets are up and coming with Sam Darnold now back. So I don't think that's an easy win. Cleveland, the Broncos, the Steelers. And you got to think about it. Buffalo is a team that really doesn't know how to win coming down the stretch yet. I know they got to the playoffs a few years ago. I think it was a few years ago when they had LaShawn McCoy. But this is a new regime, new coaching staff that has, is now in place. So they really don't know how to win coming down the stretch. So I just want to see how they come down, uh, down playoff time. And now we're going into the trade topic of this podcast. Um, there has been a lot of trade action. Like we, we just spoke on Marcus Peters for Kenny Young from going from Baltimore to Los Angeles. But also another huge, huge trade was made by Los Angeles, which was Jalen Ramsey for two first and a fourth round pick. And my question is, was it too much? I think it was, but to get the man, you got to you gotta pay up. And they did what they had to do. How you feel? Right now, I think the Rams are looking to build up their secondary on defense right now because the Rams... They're, they're having a pretty disappointing season right now. They're not making Definitely. much noise at all. I think I think they're a 500 team right now. At three yeah. and three. Yeah, I'm checking right now. They're they're at 500. And really, um, it's not even just the defense. Like Jared Goff just hasn't been looking that well. They got they, they got tape on that man. They got tape on him. Exactly. So uh, all around, the team just isn't looking that well. But I feel like they felt the need or another defensive piece was worth two first rounds and a fourth round. Uh, I think they believe in Jared Goff to still be the man to lead their team. It's just this season is probably a slump season for him, even though you have no excuse to have a slump season in the NFL. Um, I feel like this season just isn't his. And they're the reigning NFC champs, so I don't want to just rule them out of the playoffs. I think they'll, with the second half of this season coming up after this week. Um, I think we'll still be able to see a turnaround for this team. Uh, Aqib Tlaib is out right now, so other than Jalen Ramsey in the secondary, it's not going to be that much of a difference. Uh, I mean, as great as a difference maker he is, um, just that one piece isn't going to change the entire defense. But I believe um, whenever uh, Aqib Tlaib comes back healthy and you have him on one side and Jalen Ramsey on the other, I feel like that defense is going to bring back a lot of energy to the Rams. So I don't feel like they necessarily wasted anything by giving those picks to um, Jacksonville. But I, I do feel like it's, it's something that you shouldn't put all your chips on. Exactly. Because the back end really wasn't their problem. It was their offensive line. Yeah. They, hasn't, they haven't blocked for golf the whole year. <laughs> So that's really your problem. If you're going to take two first-round picks, trade it for an offensive tackle, an offensive guard, or something. Jared Goff has been hit way, way, way too much, man. Gurley hasn't been effective like he was last year as well. Go on, what you said? Uh, I was just saying that Jacksonville, they, they, more, they won, but they really, really won this trade. Um, oh, yeah. Two first-round and a fourth-round pick. Uh, this is going to give them an opportunity to get two um, I believe they should use the first one. Of, they should use one of their first round picks for 
for a major offensive piece and the second one for a defensive piece and use that fourth round pick for another offensive piece. Yeah, man, I just I I don't know if the the Jacksonville won the trade, but they definitely got the best part for right now. I think this was a huge reach by Los Angeles, man. I think they were just trying to stay relevant and stay in the headlines. Seeing that they're falling back in the uh, NFC West race right now, I think they just made a huge move, a huge gamble that I don't think is going to pay off. They just traded two round, two first round picks for a corner. He's the best corner in the league. Let me let me say that off the bat. He's the best corner in the league. Uh, him and Pat Pete. I love Pat Pete. But they're the top two corners to me right now in the league. So I don't want to take anything away from Ramsey. But two first round picks for uh, for not that big of a hole like your offensive line was is a, a huge reach for me and just a, a grab to stay relevant in a conference or in a division that's really slipping from their hands, in my opinion, man. So uh, we're going to see where that takes them. Uh, another another topic was A.J. Green and Vaughn Miller. They have been a part of trade rumors recently. The trade deadline is October 29th. So um, A.J. Green has been in trade rumors, even though the Cincinnati Bengals have said they're not trading him. I don't truly believe that, being that this is the last year of his contract and he's 31 years old. So I don't think he's coming back at all unless they franchise tag him. And also Vaughn Miller. He had, he's in his last year of his contract as well. Uh, even though he's the, the beloved son over in Denver right now, I think he might be on his way out being that Denver is 2-5 and five and on the decline. And going back to my Philly needing a cornerback point, looking at that game against um, the Broncos and the Chiefs, Chris Harris needs to get out of town as well. So Philly, if you need a corner, trade for Chris Harris too. He's a good pickup as well. So, I've been hearing rumors of A.J. Green to the Patriots. Also, Vaughn Miller to Baltimore, man. So, how you feel about that? Uh, I feel both would be very good options for either player. Uh, especially Vaughn Miller to the um, Ravens. That would, be, that would be just epic. At that point, you would truly have to put the Ravens in serious, deep playoff contention um, prediction. Because the way the offense is playing... Uh, they're literally just, as a team, as a whole, they're just one player away from being one of those top teams. And Von Miller is definitely a defensive mind, a defensive mastermind that can be that one player that just makes the team ten times better. You know, so I, I feel like that would be amazing. AJ Green to the Patriots, that would just be like almost gift wrapping another Super Bowl for Tom Brady. Even though they're undefeated right now and the way they're beating teams right now just looks unstoppable. If you had A.J. Green, who has been a very stepped-on receiver as far as I'm concerned when it comes to top receiver talk, I, I feel like that's just a Super Bowl burst almost. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Seeing that, seeing how their expectations went through the roof after getting Antonio Brown, I think it would be the same thing with getting A.J. Green. Uh, I know Cincinnati doesn't want to trade them, but just my advice straight up to Cincinnati, man, you got to trade them. You got to get an asset. A.J. Green is not coming back to a 0-5 team. Uh, in my opinion, they have the highest likelihood, in my opinion, to go 0-16 right now. So A.J. Green is not coming back. He does not want to play for a trash team like this. Andy Dalton is a below average or to average quarterback, and I don't think he wants to play with him anymore. A.J. Green is too good, and he's on a Hall of Fame track, man. I think he has to get somewhere where his his position or his status can be elevated. 
And going to a team like the Patriots, man, you can't you can't go wrong, man, at all. And Von Miller to Baltimore, I think he can really uh, offset the loss of C.J. Mosley going to the Jets, and also with uh, Kenny Young going to the the Rams. I think Von Miller will be a perfect fit in Baltimore. But we got to see how that goes. Also, I've been hearing a lot of rumors of Antonio Brown to the Cowboys. If you don't know, Antonio Brown has been through a lot of controversy these last couple of months. Going from the Steelers and then being traded to the Raiders for a third and a fifth round pick. Getting paid his contract, got $30 million guaranteed. And then he got his contract voided because of sexual conduct and then personal conduct that he had between the GM or the, yeah, the GM and between him and Gruden. So he got his contract voided from the Raiders. He signed with the Patriots for a $15 million contract. He played with them for a week and got cut by the Patriots. My, my opinion on the Antonio Brown subject is, I, I hate to say it because, as you said before, like we, we, we love all athletes and we, we support them all, but we're, we're really strong advocates for black athletes. For sure. And make sure they maintain uh, good images in, in whatever league they're in, you know. So I feel like Antonio Brown has really upset me as a player because the all the antics that he's done within the past year, um, from last year around this time to now, it, it's just really upsetting. You know, all the um, misconduct and controversy that was in Pittsburgh to just the, the outright foolishness that he had with um, the Raiders, with blaming them for things that didn't even need to blame them for, um, uh, putting out messages between him and Juju Smith-Schuster that were personal and had nothing to do with anything, uh, leaking tapes of him and John Gruden speaking, yeah. uh, which is illegal in the state of California. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so just doing all those things, and then getting to the Patriots, and although he didn't sexually assault anyone, just unnecessarily speaking out and speaking to that woman, yeah, yeah. Um, just trying to prove himself that he didn't do anything when all he needed to do was just remain quiet, know that he didn't do anything wrong, and let the evidence speak for itself. Him still choosing to make his own voice heard and just um, aggressively speak against her, uh, that just proved that his maturity level isn't where it needs to be for someone his age who's been in the league for as long as he has. And I, I feel, I, I don't want it to say he doesn't deserve to play in the league because talent-wise, this, this man is arguably one of the top two receivers in the league if he's playing, you know. So it's just it's sad to see the position that he's in right now. Would I, would I like to see him play for the Cowboys? Yes and no because that would give Dak another offensive weapon. That would give Cowboys in general another offensive weapon. And it would be a good situation for him if he turns around and shows that he deserves to maturely be in this league. You know, but it's a hit and miss situation for me. It's all just going to depend on how he acts um, as a person. Yeah, man. He just made me upset as just a black man, like having a check and then just fumbling it. Like, he had a bag, like, and you with the best organization in the league, my G. It's like, how you just fumble all that, like, in a day or, like, with one text message, bro? Like Edgar said, man, all you had to do was be quiet, man. Everything, all the information was alleged. Nothing has been confirmed. Nothing has been charged, for real. So, he could have just stayed quiet, just did his thing, just grinded on the field, and everything would have took care of itself, man. But 
Now he's out of the league, trying to get back in, waiting for the case to be over. So I think he would be a good fit with the Cowboys, but he has to wait until uh, his court situation with all these uh, allegations uh, clears up right now. But for the last segment of this podcast, we want to give you our power rankings through week seven. Yeah, it's week seven right now. Through week seven. So we want to give you our top five teams. Edgar, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, my top five teams in the league are going to be New England Patriots at number one, San Francisco 49ers at number two, the Green Bay Packers at number three, the New Orleans Saints at number four, and the Seattle Seahawks at number five. So my, my list is almost strictly NFC with the Patriots being the only AFC team at the top. And where you where you had the 49ers? Where you had the 49ers at? You had 49ers at number two? Yeah. Like I said, I don't believe in the 49ers just yet. But my top five is the Patriots, the Packers, the New Orleans Saints. I got Houston at number four. And I have Seattle at number five, man. I just... And it's funny that my top two, I predicted uh, both of them to be in the Super Bowl this year. Both are playing pretty well and living up to expectations, man. So shout out to the Patriots and the Packers, man. Give us your Super Bowl prediction, man, before we before we head out. Your Super Bowl prediction. My Super Bowl prediction is going to be the New England Patriots representing the AFC. And it's tough for the NFC right now, but... I would have to say either the Packers or the 49ers represent the NFC. So it's, it's going to be the Patriots versus the Packers or the Patriots versus the 49ers. All right, I feel it. I feel it. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to my mama because I, I know she picked the Bucks and the Panthers coming into this year. Hey, Panthers my team, so they holding strong right now at 4-2, man. But the Bucks are going down here. I just want to give a shout-out to my mama because she picked them. And they're going downhill. And she also picked the Chiefs. And they both looking shaky. Man, I just wanted my mama uh, prediction to be on record, man. So shout out to my mama for sure. And uh, before we head out, man, I just want to get some bold predictions of this week. What do you think are going to happen? What do you think going to happen this week? What I think is going to happen this week. Uh, bold prediction. Bold prediction. Not no regular jump. Bold prediction. Bold prediction, yeah. Uh, it can be a, it can be a, it can be a prop bet. It can be an upset. Give me some. Give me some. I like, like I said earlier, I like the Ravens to upset the Seahawks, and I like Todd Gurley to come back this week for the Rams and rush for over hundred yards. I agree with that. I agree with the Todd Gurley thing. Like I said, if you bet. Bet on all Dalvin Cook you can. Dalvin Cook is going. Dalvin Cook is going to have a huge game tomorrow. And another bold prediction: the Jets are going to beat New England Monday night. Shout out to Sam Darnold. Here's my favorite quarterback coming out of that draft. I have the Jets over the Patriots, man. Shout out to the Jets. Shout out to Sam Darnold, man. Shout out to my man Jamal Adams as well. That's my upset. That's my bold prediction of the week. Okay, you got anything else to say before we head out? Uh, this was just a very great first episode. Glad I could do it with you, my brother. Yes, and, sir. Uh, I'm looking forward to plenty more episodes to come. So, this is a great 
Okay, thank you for listening to the Q&E podcast, man. That was my man, Edgar Martin, man, my brother. And I'm Quincy Hicks, man. We heading out, man. Hopefully we see you next week. Peace out.